Good morning, everyone. It is an absolute delight to be able to stand in front of you, knowing that you have graciously and generously opened up your home for us to step into and to spend this time with you. I'm so aware that we are not only joining with our Lyft family this morning, but we are also joining with so many people all over the world. I'd like to encourage those of you who are sitting in your lounge just to open up your hearts to what I believe God is wanting to say to us. Uh, there are so many things that's happening in the world at the moment. And over this past week, I had, of course, the unique privilege and opportunity to speak to a number of you and just to find out what's going on in your lives. And I must say it was very interesting to hear people um, from one point to the other express their feelings about this last week. I had some people who were very relaxed um, and normally the people who are very relaxed at home are those people who are a single individual. And then I spoke to others who are at home with their spouse. Um, if you know anything about our church, that you will know that many of our spouses travel, and they travel during the week, and suddenly they're home. And spouses aren't that comfortable to have the other spouse with them for the entire week. And with that, the work pressure comes, the children are at home. And so one gentleman within our church, whose name will remain nameless, said to me, Piet, I think that you need to provide an online counseling service for us. And so, of course, we can do all of those things. But you see, I have to overcome that hurdle in my own family first. Jenny and I are spending time together. We have our son Chris from Barcelona as well. We're having so much fun. But I'm aware of the pressures that you are facing within your home. And so I'm even more grateful that you've opened up your home to us today. Generally speaking, some family news from Lyft is that... Um, People are generally re relaxed. Um, I think we need to pray for those who are working at home, who have children at home, and also with the other spouse being at home, um, to set the boundaries, but also um, one person told me that um, his spouse who travels a lot are at home, but uh, she was up until three o'clock in the morning working. And so we understand that the demands are huge out there. It's not a normal situation. We need to support one another. I think we need to be really patient with one another. And so just as a prayer request, let's make sure we do all those things for our spouses. I received a message last night to say that the Germany churches have invited us in Switzerland to pray with them today between 12 and 1. Um, apparently there's a 24-hour prayer blitz that's going on all around the world and if we do that during 12 and 1 we are going to cover a 24-hour slot which is so important so well done to the german churches thank you for asking us to join you and so um lift people and certainly those of you who are also following with us on the broadcast why don't you join with us for a period of time between 12 and 1 and let's pray into this um covert 19 virus that the world is fighting at this time. For many of us as pastors, we really have had the challenge over this past week 
to hear God as we desire to bring to you this which is on the heart of God. I think it is very important that as we follow together all of the regulations that's been set out by our governments, and as we honour our leaders, that even as we talk about the gospel being spread all around the world today, um, for us as a church, it's really important that we honour every single regulation that the Swiss government has put into place for our benefit. Um, and that has to do with all of our meetings too. So we're sticking to the letter of the law. And it's always a helpful and a healthy thing when we honour our leaders. And so I want to make plain our intention as Lyft International Church. In this situation, as in any crisis, it can be hard for people to know what to do or even what to expect. Flooded with information and different opinions, we wonder if we are being too alarmist or perhaps not alarmist enough. Not entirely sure of what to do, many often opt to just wait and to adopt the wait-and-see approach. The problem, however, is that this virus is spreading exponentially and in order to slow down the spread, we all need to take immediate action today, both as organisations, churches, and I also think as individuals. And so as I say that, I realise that we are just being bombarded with so much information. I've been watching certain TV channels to find out what's going on. I've been on my phone and asking my friend what the Swiss government is saying because I want to stick to the regulation. And I'm finding that I'm overloaded with information. And sometimes that's not the best thing. Let's make sure we get the right information and we need to follow it. My great concern at the moment is for the church. It's for individual Christians because I think as I've been speaking to people within our own church, I have seen their hearts open up and I've seen them become vulnerable and they've said to me, Piet, um, could you and the elders please tell us just how we can help? And it's almost every single person that I've phoned this week or spoke to or WhatsApp, and um, they would say to me, what can we do to help? And so I want to commend you, Lyft Church International, for your amazing heart to serve. It's oftentimes under pressure that that which is within our hearts are revealed. And you've been outstanding. Well, we want to encourage you as an eldership team to push into those opportunities that come your way. And let's be the church, even more so during these days. My concern is, however, with all that is going on around us, that we would fail to understand not only the gravity of the moment as far as the virus is concerned, but my concern is as a church that we would miss out on an opportunity, a window that's given to us to step into this world in the different mediums that's been given to us through um, the media to make known the things that God has placed within us 
as a church. And so this morning, what I would like to share with us is what Jesus would say about staying true to our calling as Christians, but also as a church during these difficult times of testing. I think the challenge for us as a church is not to lose our way, but to stay true to what God has called us to do. You see, the church has a unique calling that only the church can fulfill. We're an important part in the puzzle, of that puzzle within God's economy as a church. Government is very important. The school system is even more important at the moment. My sister is a principal of a school, speaking to her, and what they are doing is amazing. The essential services out there, they're doing a great job. Went to the hospital just a few days ago, I walked in there, and I looked at the one doctor there, and I just said to the doctor, thank you so much for serving us so well. So we thank God for all of these essential services out there. But the church is critical at this time, and we need to also fulfill our function within the world that we are living in. And so I would like you please to turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. And the beautiful thing with us coming into your home is that you can sit down, you can open up your Bibles, and so I'm going to take time to open up my Bible as well. Although I did put a little note in here so that I can find the passage. The worst thing for a preacher is to look for a passage of Scripture in the Bible, which is in front of all of you, even coming into your home, and suddenly you can't find the Scripture that you decided to read. So I did put a little mark in, so I have a bit of an unfair advantage over you. But I would like us to read from Matthew chapter 9 and verses 1 to 7. You know, there's about six stories within this chapter where we see how Jesus is walking out his unique calling in the context of very, very difficult circumstances. And um, I was praying this week and I was reading through this passage of scripture and I felt God just stop me as I was reading. And I felt God lay this text upon my heart to share with you and with us. And so I would like to read from Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 7 for us. And uh, you can follow along in your Bibles. Um, the verses that I'm going to focus on is verses 1 and 2. But I would like to carry on and I'd like to read just the entire seven verses there. And so this is what... God's word says in Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought him, a paralyzed man, lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this time, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blasphemy. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, 
get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God who had given such authority to man. But I would like to focus on the first two verses, which says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. In this passage of scripture, you will see that Jesus was on a mission. God had laid a unique call upon his life and he was walking it out in a very unique context. Now the church find themselves in a very unique context. God has placed on every individual person a unique call. My call is to be a pastor. Some of the people sitting here with me today, there's a few of them who are looking after the production for us. And we would like to say thank you to all those of you who are in the uh, back um, rooms here looking after the production for us. Thank you for being the unseen faces in um, helping us to get the gospel across. So all of us have a unique call. Mine is a pastor. Others are to put productions like this together. And all of us are very important. But God has this very unique calling for us. Jesus had this very unique calling, and his calling was to make known the Father to the world. Jesus oftentimes said to people, if you see me, you will see the Father. If you know me, you will know the Father as well. And so Jesus went out and he lived out his calling amongst people. Of course, it's a little bit more difficult for us over this period of time to do so, but I believe God will give us creative ways how we can walk out our unique calling to people. But my concern is this. There is so much going on within our world. So much information that is being shared. People are caught off guard within the context that they've been placed in. Our surroundings is not natural. And I'm concerned that we may only give attention to the immediate which is not always the urgent and I think the church can be caught off guard in moments like these we need to do good absolutely but we need to make sure that the gospel comes through as we serve other people in this unique calling that God has placed upon the church. At our church, we have this big idea which is called that we love and serve others through the gospel. And that's very important for us because we do not only want to meet the immediate, the immediate need of people, but we also want to meet the eternal needs of people as we love them today in all forms of the service that we do 
for them. And I think the church needs to be aware that we need to love other people through the gospel. And some of you who may not be um, that well versed with the term gospel, it is simply to love other people through the good news that Jesus brings to us. The good news that he gave his life on the cross 2,000 years ago to broken mankind so that mankind could find hope through him. That's what the gospel is. And so for us to stay true to our calling during these difficult and testing times, what we firstly need to do is to take a step backwards and we need to look at the cross and I believe courage will fill our hearts to love and to serve people in the unique ways that are there for us. But I do believe and I felt strongly as I read this passage that we needed to take a step backwards and we need to look at the cross. You'll see that as Jesus ministered to these people, as he went around in Matthew chapter 9 doing good to others, Jesus says in verse 2, when he saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son. That means he said, take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, Jesus says later in this passage that he could have just said to the man, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. Now, interesting, Jesus could have just said to the man, get up and walk, because he had the authority and power to do it. But interesting, Jesus actually addresses the man's sins, and he says to him, your sins are forgiven. As I read that this past week, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Peter, the church needs to take a step backwards. The church needs to focus on the cross. And as we do that, courage will fill our hearts for the day. And we will be able to not only address the felt need, but the essential need of mankind. I encourage the church to do that. As this time, if Jesus actually took a step backwards, as a matter of fact, he didn't take a step backwards. He prophetically took a step forward. And he pointed us towards the cross that was still to take place. We are privileged to take a step backwards, to look back at the cross, because this event had taken place 2,000 years ago. And as we look back at the cross, my friends, the cross is that unique emblem, that symbol that reminds us of what Jesus had done for us. We've got to sometimes take a step backwards again from familiar things, and we need to see it in its full view. I believe that believers need to do that. And as we take a step backwards, as we look back at the cross, we will be reminded of that which has eternal value in connection with the call that God has called us with. The cross serves, my friends, as a buffer when we are tossed to and thrown, and when we are thrown back, my friends, you need to know that the cross of Christ stands there and it 
is a buffer when we are knocked around. The cross supports us. There's a wonderful scripture in first in Second Peter chapter one, verses eight to eleven. And I'd like to read the scripture for us. It says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed. From their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We want to be reminded that we that we have been cleansed. From our parsons and to do that we need to take a step back so I think what is a great practice practically for you to do within your homes is maybe weekly to sit down with your family and to break bread together or if you prefer the term communion to have communion together and you can do that you don't need a pastor or a priest or someone to do that for you you are a priest. God has made you a priest. And he's made you a part of the priesthood of all believers. So sit down with your family. Mother, father. And even if you maybe are a teenager, sit down with your parents. And just break bread together. It will remind us of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will fill your heart with courage. Remember Jesus said to this son, he says, take heart. Or he could have just said, have courage, your sins are forgiven. You see, the cross reminds us in the seven sayings of Jesus, when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. The cross reminds us that our sin and our guilt is no match for the ever-present ever present cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. The cross reminds us when Jesus uttered the words, it is finished, that every challenge that we face today had already been overcome by Jesus. So when you get frustrated, by your children, just step back from the situation. Look at the cross and you'll know that Jesus has provided for you exactly what you need to overcome that frustration with your children, maybe with your spouse. When Jesus cried out with the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Mark chapter 15, verse 34, the cross reminds us that Jesus took our loneliness, even our isolation upon himself. And you'll never 
be lonely again. When Jesus saw his mother at the foot of the cross with his friend and said, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciples, or to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into her home. The cross reminds us that Jesus is aware and had made provision for every need that would come our way during these testing times. When Jesus said, I thirst, in John chapter 19, verse 28, the cross reminds us that Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses, sympathizes with our sins. He sympathizes with our failings. And then in Luke chapter 24, 23 verse 46, when Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The cross finally reminds us, my friends, that even in death, we are victorious. And when we look about the world, many people already, too many, have lost their lives through this terrible virus, virus that's infected our nations. The good news, as we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, is that the cross reminds us that even in death, we are victorious. So, for us to stay true to our calling, let's take a step back and look towards the cross. And my friends, your life will be filled with courage. Courage we are going to need. But you'll find courage when you go to the cross. Secondly, to stay true to your calling during difficult and testing times. You need to daily commit to hearing Jesus speak. And my friends, you'll have peace. Courage is the one thing that we need at these times, but we also need peace to navigate ourselves through these times. So, um, when we look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, again, another situation that Jesus stepped into um, when he saw the tax collector sitting there. The scripture says, as Jesus went on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said. And Matthew got up and followed him. I really feel that God wants to remind us during these times that daily we need to, again, make time just to hear him speak, to hear his voice. I don't know about you, again, the overexposure to all of the information that we have. In doing so, we are listening to so many voices. Listening to the voices of our children in the home, sometimes at decibels, that's way too high. Sometimes we listen to the voices of our spouses, which is good, particularly if it's your wife. And oftentimes we listen to the voices of the media, and it is good. But there are just too many voices that's coming into our hearts. And it's crowding out the voice 
that we should be hearing at these times. You'll find out that when you listen to all of those voices, the thing that leaves you is peace. Have you noticed that? You'll be alarmed, you'll overreact or underreact. And as we see things broadcasted on TV, it'll disturb our peace. I was watching what's happening in Italy, and um, in the one hall they had all of the caskets of the people who had died, and my heart really, really cried out for those people. And so we see that sometimes our peace will be disturbed by everything that we are watching, seeing, and listening to. What encourage us over this time to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. In the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 4, the Bible tells us about the voice of the Good Shepherd. When he said, Verily, truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. God wants to speak to us over this time. Because he's our shepherd following him and we know his voice and maybe next week we'll speak a little bit more about hearing god's voice during troubled times but i do want to encourage you to make time to hear jesus speak i can tell you of our last six years in switzerland here in this beautiful place called Zuc, amongst amazing people of this great church that we're a part of that during some of my most troubled times and my most testing times, go out, and I just go and walk, and I pray. And I say to people, and I don't think I'm overemphasizing, uh, in all of the years that I've been a pastor, I've never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit more clearly than what I have over the last six years. He desires to speak to us. He loves to speak to us. We don't have to beg him to do it. He's our good shepherd. I encourage you daily to find time to read the Bible and to listen to God speak to you. I encourage you to go pray and to hear that voice of the Spirit of God. And you'll have peace within your life. You need courage. That means go to the cross. You need peace. Hear the voice of of your shepherd and then lastly to stray to stay true to your calling during these difficult and testing times reach out to others and i believe you'll be blessed the word blessed means to be happy or to be joyful we need courage we need peace but the world needs a joyful church not pessimistic, not negative, but a joyful church. That happens when we reach out to others. Verse 
So it's 35 to 37 of Matthew chapter 9 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, wow, I love that. When he saw the crowds, that's the emphasis. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. My friends, a part of Jesus' call was to see people. He had the unique ability to see into the hearts of people where the need was. And then he was moved by compassion on them, and he helped them. Church, let's reach out to others. Ask God to give you eyes to see. Ask God to give you the eyes of Jesus through which you can see and for your heart to be filled with compassion. Again, I want to emphasize what I said in the beginning. Lift church. You have been amazing in your response in wanting to help. You've been amazing. You're champions. Let's continue and let's finish this race as a church. And let's reach out to other people. Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I close with this illustration. One of the ladies in our church to WhatsApp me, giving me ideas, and she said, Hey, it'll be great for us just to meet together over whatever stream is possible, maybe like Facebook or um, WhatsApp. Let's zoom into that and let's sit down and let's talk. And I said to her, Well, why don't we share maybe a drink together over the Facebook, Facebook Live or over WhatsApp? And what this family have been doing every night now is that they on, um, on, 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 on Facebook or whatever medium they're using on WhatsApp, they would step into the homes of people and they would Skype together. And as they do so, um, they would share a drink with... Um, with other people and uh, what I love is they're doing it every single evening and as they're doing it they they would pour themselves a glass of wine of course we're in Europe we can do that and um, they would sit down and they would have a glass of wine with the other family and they would encourage them they're reaching out to others who may be lonely they're reaching others uh, out to others who um, just need some some comfort me. I want to encourage us at Lyft and even if you're a part of another community or just your friends, send a message to them and say, tonight we're going to share a meal together with each other. You cook your own, I'll cook my own and around the table we'll meet together and we'll just connect with each other. Can I encourage you to 
to reach out and to do those practical things really well. So don't everybody now send me a message and say, we want to have dinner or uh, a drink with you because, you know, I think um, that my weight is going to increase if we do that. And of course, you know, you could sit down with me in the evenings and we'll have a coffee together and I can have plenty of coffees together with you. So please, let's do that and reach out to one another. And so I would like to pray for us, please. Um, I have a note here and so I can't see it at all. So let's see what we need to do. Thank you very, very much. My director has reminded me that there is something that we need to do that we'll do within a moment. But what I want to do is I want to pray for us and then we're going to do exactly that. Thank you so much, Windus. Just in your home, would you pray now with us, please? Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for the privilege of your word. Thank you for the privilege of the example of Jesus. Wonderful Saviour, our wonderful Lord, our ever-present friend. Would you come into the homes of people today, Jesus? And will you fill their hearts with courage, with peace, and with joy? Help us, Father, to encourage one another, Help us to be there for those who are not a part of the community that leads. Help us, Father, to be available to these very, very precious and dear friends of ours that we do not even know at this time. May they also experience, as they step back and look at the cross, peace, the courage, and the joy that comes from knowing you, even during these uncertain and testing times. We look to you today, and we thank you for being with us in this way, through your word and through prayer, in Jesus' name. And then I would like to pray for those of you who are not a part of our community or a community who believes in the Lord Jesus. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray a prayer that if your peace has been disturbed or you just do not have peace, if you find that your knees are buckling under the pressure and you need courage, I'm going to ask you, if you need help in these areas, remember Jesus said to this young man, your sins are forgiven. Maybe that's what you need today, is to hear those words, your sins are forgiven. If you're in that place, I'm going to pray for you. And Father, I pray for all those who are listening to our broadcast today, who need their sins forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you through the cross. And thank you, Jesus, that your arms are open wide to whoever would call on your name. And so, Father, would you hear them now? As they speak your name out loudly, and as they would say this, Lord Jesus, 
remember me today. Forgive me for my sins. I've heard that you died for my sins upon the cross. You rose up again on the third day. In some strange way, I believe it today. And I believe that you've stepped towards me today. I open up my heart and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, contact us or contact someone that you know and let them walk with you.